Hey, and welcome to Free Willing with Cardin. I'm your host, Cardin Wyckoff, disability advocate, wheelchair warrior, and I believe in creating a more accessible world. And so I have this podcast that brings on people with disabilities or people in the disability community, inventors, business owners, and share their stories of strength and talk about what they're doing to break down those barriers. And today I have Kelly, who is an occupational therapist and passionate accessibility advocate, born and raised in San Diego. As an OT student in 2016, Kelly co-invented a portable pathway that empowers people with physical disabilities to easily access the outdoors. In 2018, Kelly launched Access Tracks, T-R-A-X, a social impact startup that has since served customers across 10 countries. Some of her favorite accomplishments include volunteering at the first Costa Rica Adaptive Surf Open, being accepted into a San Diego Business Accelerator, winning the 2020 FedEx Small Business Grant Grand Prize, holla, that's awesome, and getting engaged to her fiance, Jeff. How exciting. Kelly enjoys sharing her experiences with future entrepreneurs and encouraging the next generation of problem solvers. In her spare time, she enjoys cooking, reading sci-fi, and spending time outdoors. I'm excited to talk today about Access Tracks, and that's A-C-C-E-S-S-T-R-A-X. You can find her on Instagram, Beach Tracks, T-R-A-X, S-D, like San Diego, and on Twitter, Access Tracks with the X, and then her website, accesstracksSD.com. Please also download iAccess Life, a mobile app that rates and reviews places on their accessibility from the entrance, the parking to the interior, and it helps provide transparency such as myself who is a wheelchair user, just going out, getting something to eat at a restaurant or going to a local bar. And sometimes it's difficult to know what that accessibility is gonna look like. And so instead of calling ahead, looking on the website, I can easily go to iAccess Life and rate and review, and then also read what other raters have written about the built environment. You can use referral code CARDEN, my name, C-A-R-D-E-N, and download iAccess Life on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I welcome you, Kelly, the co-inventor of Access Tracks. Hey, Kelly, welcome to Free Willing with Cardin podcast. How's it going? Hi, Cardin. Thank you so much for having me. Doing well, having a really busy day and excited to kind of talk with you. Thank you so much for being here. And tell me a little bit more about the access tracks that you've created and, and describe, a, you know, create that visual concept of what that is. Great question. I know it. I wish that we had a, a poster that would go with this presentation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Images. Um, so basically what the access tracks are, are square mats that you connect in any configuration on the ground. And it's meant to be a portable pathway system that empowers people of all physical abilities to access the outdoors and recreation. So essentially it is a portable sidewalk and each square piece in its smallest form is basically three feet by three feet. And they only weigh five pounds 
So they're really lightweight and they're connected with just simple but durable Velcro hinges. So it's really easy to understand how to use them and to use them. So that's basically it. It's a portable modular pathway that creates that firm and stable surface so that people can get outdoors and access life. Nice. That's awesome. So can you describe the texture of it again? Absolutely. So basically it's made out of a hard plastic. So you've got these squares. They're really a firm and stable surface. And the surface texture, it almost feels like not sandpaper. It's not abrasive, but it's almost like the surface texture of a a plastic cutting board, if you can imagine. So it has some texture to it but really it's more of a smooth surface that allows people to move over it without it feeling like you're on sand or gravel that's usually really bumpy. Sure. Oh, that's so cool. And so where do people put access tracks? I love that question. Um, Where don't they put (laughs) access tracks is really... That's an even better question. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so far, some of our main customers include families and adaptive sports organizations, and they will place the tracks, you know, in their gravel driveway or, you know, Hmm. sometimes even over snow if they're in that type of climate. But really, the product was inspired by and invented for adaptive surfers. That was kind of really what kicked off the the product. So a lot of people use it uh, for sand at the beach. But we also have, in addition to things like sand and dirt and snow, um, Mm. people using it over grass because sometimes thick grass, especially if it gets wet or muddy, can be really difficult for people who use mobility devices. So really just kind of any surface like that. And I like to also focus on what are people doing, right? So we like to say we empower people who are accessing their yard or their home, going to the beach and having fun with friends and family, going surfing sometimes. Maybe you go kayaking at the lake or the river or just camping. You know, maybe you have a really cool setup uh, when you're camping and you just want to have a little area, like a platform or a little pathway going from your Mm -hmm. tent to the bonfire or the the bench. So a lot of a lot of uses for it. Wow. It's such the freedom that it empowers people. I mean, I would love I can't wait to try it out and order some because I mean for me I use a wheelchair and thinking about the limitations that the world provides in the natural environment, you know, sand, gravel, grass, thick mud, all these kinds of things that just wheels just don't do well in. So I do have a special kind of wheelchair that has almost about four-wheel drive and it has omni wheels and it's it's an all-terrain type of wheelchair. And mm-hmm. so it can traverse pretty heavy things, um, but not thick sand. Can't do thick sand and it definitely is not going to do well in mud or really thick, loose pebble gravel. I'll mm-hmm. just spin out. So that really deep kind of gravel and deep, thick sand. If it's like hard packed sand, that's a little bit of a different story. But again, it just wears on the battery because it's not really meant to, it's meant to be on a solid flat surface right? for the most part. And so how many, how many, what's the square footage of each of the squares and how many would you recommend in you know, going down to the beach or in kind of a a small area like by a campfire or something? 
Each panel itself um, is three feet by three feet, so that's nine square feet. And I really love that they're modular, so you can connect them and have as many of them as you want. Mm -hmm. Or let's say a lot of families, what they do if they're going to the beach, for example, and a lot of beaches are really wide getting to that hard pack sand that you mentioned. So that would be a lot of pathway if they tried to just lay it down and leave it. But we have Mm -hmm. quite a few families who will purchase, let's just say 10 of these nine square footage mats and they'll leave two different sections of five connected mats. So five and five, and they will align them together and they'll move down the path, and then they just have one friend or family member that can easily fold up what was behind them and then bring sure. it and put it in front. So you get this leapfrog effect that's highly effective <laughs> to that's getting smart. wherever you want to go, and you don't have to order you know, 50 of these things. It's just get a couple of them if that's what you'd like to do, and you have access at your fingertips. That's really smart to think about because yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, okay, so I get down to the beach and I mean, easily that can be, you know, 100, 200 feet yeah. to get to the water, depending on where you are. Um, and the coast that I've gone to can be long um, to, to actually get to the waterfront. So I'm like, dang, yeah, I have to, <laughs> it's going to be heavy to carry all those tracks and, <laughs> and square. So I like the idea of like that leapfrog effect. That's, mm-hmm. that's really efficient how to do it. So you have this awesome idea. It didn't just come out of nowhere. So tell me about the background story. I'm, I'm so interested in learning more about what got you interested in creating a mat and, or I guess like a, a square pad to, to give freedom and allow people to thrive who use wheelchairs or really any, anyone that is unstable on their feet, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that that solid surface can really help tremendously if you have issues with balance and coordination. Right. Um, so Tell me about the background story. I love this story. Thank you, Carden. So I, as you mentioned, I'm an occupational therapist. And really how I got started into this path of entrepreneurship and inventing something is I was in my second year of grad school. And I went to school at the University of St. Augustine for Health Sciences in California. And we had a class called Assistive Technologies. So Mm. the main project of that course was to create something that would help people with disabilities be more independent in achieving some sort of task or goal. And the teacher of that class, she was a huge surfer and she had a special request to help her, you know, the adaptive surfers that she's seen be able to get across the sands in their wheelchairs with dignity and independence. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I had a classmate, a fellow OT student, who we worked on a lot of different group projects together. So we instantly were like, yep, we're going to work on this project. And we thought, yeah, we can try to tackle that. That challenge seems really exciting and motivating. So we uh, went to Home Depot four times in one day and we just tested a bunch (laughs) of materials. You know, what can we build with our hands that can create a firm and stable surface at least at the point of contact where wheels would normally sink into sand, 
How can we prevent mm-hmm. those from sinking? And you might ask, okay, so we started tackling it from a pathway point of view. Why didn't we try to make some sort of wheel modification or something on the wheelchair? And mm-hmm. really our, our thinking there was we wanted something that could help more than one person at once. And with a modification to the wheelchair, that's really only helping one person at once. But if it were some sort of modular pathway, anybody could really benefit from a pathway. So it's not limited to just a person who uses the wheelchair or that modification. So that's kind of where our thought process went. And we created that first handmade prototype back in 2016. And we tested it with real adaptive surfers just a few weeks later at a competition in Southern California. There were five adaptive surfers at that competition and they all tried it. And it was so incredible, Cardin, seeing their faces as they were using this pathway. So we, okay, so we only had. Oh man, I would cry. Yeah, we only had. <laughs> just to like that sections. freedom, because I know the beach is just so hard to yeah. to to get on. And, and that is something that I've really stopped going to because of the lack of mobility getting to the beach. And, you know, someone would have to piggyback me. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm on the beach, I, I, I have a progressive disease, so I wouldn't be able, I, I would be stuck. Like you get to the beach and they plop me down in the sand or a chair and I'm like, all right, well, I can't move now. Mm-hmm. So it's so limiting. Right. So I can only imagine what they're thinking when they when they have that that feeling of, wow, I can move around. Absolutely. We had two of these handmade sections that were about nine feet long each. And we had to get Uh, I think it was 150 feet down the beach to the competition area. So we were doing that leapfrog thing with the the (laughs) surfers in their wheelchairs. Um, But even with that, I mean, they were independently propelling themselves in their wheelchairs, getting down our pathway. So one of them even said that was the first time in 10 years he'd been able to get across the beach independently with his chair. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise what he would do is um, he has a... Uh, lower level uh, injury, a spinal cord injury, and he would literally drag himself down the beach because Mm -hmm. he didn't like, as a grown man, he didn't like people carrying him. So Mm -hmm. to empower him to say, yeah, I can do this by myself, but I'm also not tiring myself out before I even go surfing. That was really, really powerful. Wow. That's, that's so cool. And then, so you, you've tested out this material with professional surfers, mm-hmm. uh, professional adaptive surfers. And so was that the prototype? How did you get this to go mainstream? Mm-hmm. From that first testing, we got a lot of great feedback and that helped us kind of choose a direction. You know, before that day, we weren't really sure like, are we going to turn this into a business after we graduate? I mean, mm-hmm. we're in school to be occupational therapists. Are we going to be clinicians? So basically after that day and the feedback, we knew like we can't just leave this as a school project. But we also sure. couldn't sell handmade <laughs> pathways from materials from Home Depot. That was not practical <laughs> or scalable. <laughs> so we quickly shifted to start thinking about the business decisions and how can we manufacture this out of a material that is durable and not going to be damaged from the sun and the water and mud and, you know, all the materials. So 
we first thought, okay, obviously we need to find a manufacturer here that can help us. And really with that, it was, okay, where are we going to get the money to do any of this, right? Right. This stuff isn't inexpensive. Absolutely. So forming a product and a company are very expensive and we were, you know, students. So we started asking our school, hey, are there any scholarship or grant competitions or opportunities? And Mm. just so happened there was one. Our school qualified to compete in because it was the company that owned our school. But nobody from our school of St. Augustine had ever competed in this particular grant competition. So Mm. we were the first students to ever compete from St. Augustine in this global business plan competition. And all the other competitors, they had had six months or so to get their application together. We had six weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So (laughs) the the pressure was on, um, but we were very motivated, you know, to... Of course. Get funding to help make this thing a reality, you know, after testing it with surfers and seeing their reactions and that, you know, that freedom, we just mm-hmm. couldn't let it go. So we ended up being finalists in that competition and we won some grant money that got us through the prototyping. Wow, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put those others to shame. You can put something <laughs> together in six weeks with right? a little bit of motivation behind you. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, that's that's really amazing it, you know just kind of i feel like sometimes a lot of life things that happen especially when it's for when it's for the good mm-hmm. the greater good things kind of just fall into place naturally and it's almost like the universe is on your side in that case and it just so happened that you had that grant program mm-hmm. and competition right there and right then and so that that's really awesome I totally agree with you saying that the universe will help you, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if it's something for good, because there have been so many occasions where something like that has happened. Somebody came into my life or an opportunity presented itself and I went for it. And Mm. that will continue to happen as long as I have this positive attitude that I can't give up, even if this is really difficult but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. What does your business look like now? Do you have a team? Are you pushing this out to production? Are you working with beaches? Like, tell me, where, where's the next step for it? Mm-hmm. Access Tracks as a company was founded in February of 2018. So we've been in business for just about two and a half years now. I am actually the only one running operations. So I wear all the hats in the business between sales (laughs) and manufacturing and marketing. And I think that there are definitely some pros and cons to that because Mm -hmm. one, I I know what's going on in every aspect of the business Mm -hmm. and I can see when there's issues right away or I can see where things are going really well. Um, But obviously the negative is, is that I am only one person and I only have Mm -hmm. so many hours in the day and so much energy. So that is time is my limiting factor in -hmm. addition to sometimes money, um, actually oftentimes funding, but really um, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when when you were talking about also like, are these in production and things like that? I wanted to answer that part of it too, is that, even though I am the only one running the company, like it's running and we have customers in 10 different countries so far. Wow, um, nice. Yeah, You've yeah. gone global. Yes. That's I mean, a major pat on the back. <laughs> right. I think 
when I was talking about the adaptive surfing community, they were the early adopters because it was really mm -hmm. inspired by them and made for them. So word caught on pretty quickly. And part of that is that here in San Diego, pretty much every winter is the, the world para surfing championships. So I had from 2016 on this global audience that came to me. I mean, how lucky is that, that I was able to show them in person, people from yeah. around the world, from Japan, from South Africa, from, you know, England, everywhere where people could actually use the product in person and see its, its value. So our first international sale was the, uh, uh, Japan adaptive surfing organization. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so really just Japan does a lot for disability inclusion mm -hmm. mainly they they have a very strong uh, tendency for uh, visual diseases um, mm -hmm. and so a lot of them are blind or have uh, low vision over there mm -hmm. and so I could see how even access track tracks would be really helpful just for having that clear pathway to go down to the beach because how are you going to use a walking cane on the sand I mean right I haven't seen that happen. Maybe it is possible, but it's nice to have that smooth pathway that you know the edges and you know there's a clear path where it's going. Right. right. Yeah, I actually have had um, people here in Southern California uh, use it who are visually impaired. And they mm -hmm. their feedback was, yeah, I know that this is the direction that I'm supposed to go because exactly. somebody tells me this pathway leads towards the water and there's not an obstruction between me and the water then they, you know, are able to use their cane or they have a person with them. So it's pretty cool. Definitely. And when I was in Spain, Spain has uh, some of their beaches, they do have accessible pathways going down them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm also thinking if you were to start working with local, I mean, I guess local cities and, mm -hmm. and their beaches, whoever owns the beachfront area, how you can bring that, accessibility to the waterfront because there's a lot of just there's a lot of energy and movement with the ocean that you just absorb and when you get there it's almost like this out of body experience um, at least I get that I'm like wow it's just so beautiful and like calm and the crashing of the waves mm -hmm. it's just so soothing and then sometimes if you're in an area that has you know dolphins or whatever oh, it's just yeah. like it's such a peaceful environment and so opening that up, it's just, it's very like stress relieving in my opinion. Absolutely. Do you ever have, yeah, for sure. Do, do you ever have an issue with people blocking the access tracks if you have it laid out in a long pathway? Do you have people like putting their beach chairs on it <laughs> and, and stuff? Because a lot of people like to block right of way. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so far, I haven't seen that. And That's good. a lot of times it's because there's a lot of people actively using the pathway. So people mm -hmm. get the hint that they shouldn't just, you know, sit down right there in the middle of the accessible walkway. Um, when I have a... You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but when I have a platform built, because like I said, they're modular, so you can create a big square platform. Mm -hmm. I have set up for an event the day before at a public beach before. 
Mm. And I was in the middle of still setting it up and people would come sit down on it. So yeah, when there's a platform, absolutely, it's more inviting, um, so to speak, for people to come check it out and set up camp on it. But so far, I haven't seen um, any instance where people were straight up blocking the accessible walkway. Yeah. Yeah, I just know on, on, on streets and sidewalks, people love to block those sidewalks with anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So I just want to get to, to the idea and the point that having a smooth pathway is something that came out of, as, as I understand, from the Americans with Disabilities Act here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that isn't just there to provide access to people with disabilities. So if we're thinking wheelchairs and scooters and canes and uh, all the, anyone with wheels and also anyone who has uh, struggling with balance and coordination. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about, you're walking down to the beach, and I, and I know I'm saying beach a lot because I, I can see that being the, the highest impact mm-hmm. of using this at a large, very large scale because a lot of people like to gather around beaches. And you're when you go to the beach, what are you bringing with you? You got your umbrella, you got your rolly cart, you got this, you got your bag, you got your child and all this. And <laughs> I know as well, sometimes in some beaches, that sand is like a thousand degrees. Yeah. And <laughs> so not only is it benefiting people with disabilities, but it just benefits the greater good um, and every anyone because does the pathway get hot at all in direct sunlight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two parts to that. I wanted to touch base on that. You're basically nail on the head talking about universal design and the fact that mm-hmm. when you design something that can benefit really everybody, that's that's for the greater good and you're not limiting it to one population. So when we designed the access tracks pathway, we quickly realized from our first prototype that was handmade to the final product that we launched, we had some design changes to make to make it more universal so that people walking, people with baby strollers, people with mobility devices could all benefit from that. Um, Mm -hmm. And in really addressing the second question about the temperature of the, of the mats. So that's, that's a tough one. I think that the, the mats certainly don't get hotter than the sand, but they do absorb the heat of the sun. If it's a hot day, they'll they'll heat up a little bit. So that's okay. something with future design modifications would be really interesting to test different surface textures. Um, we've changed the color from black to gray to see if that would help. So absolutely looking mm. for a additional. Low albedo. Mm-hmm. Right, that's like how much the sun absorbs or reflects. I think I learned that in environmental science. Very, very cool. <laughs> you know, you have darker colors, then it, it's going to absorb more like black. That's right, versus reflecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about you know, things like high contrast? And so with those uh, who are have low vision or are um, usually with low vision, mm-hmm. they need that high contrast. Right. So I'm just thinking like gray against that it depends on the sand color. You know, some sure. beaches are are kind of muddy. Some are, you know, beautiful white sand beaches. Mm-hmm. Is the gray high contrast enough for for people to be able to differentiate it from the sand? That's another great question. I think that 
with our original color that we tried, which was black, it was absolutely contrasting pretty much every terrain. But then it was getting a little bit, I wanted to test to see if a different color would not be quite as hot. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, most of the the people so far that were using it were using a mobility device. So they weren't barefoot sure. um, and actually touching it. So it was kind of one of those catch-22s of, okay, if we change the color and the, you know, the surface and all of that, it's going to get more expensive and potentially less attainable to the average family versus, okay, do we keep it the way it is for now? And then as the company grows, potentially have different product lines. So maybe Mm -hmm. one product is like the standard and then maybe another one has an option that is, you know, really just reflects that sun and the heat Mm -hmm. so it doesn't absorb it. And maybe we have different color options as well. So the one thing that I did do is I switched from using a black Velcro hinge color that connects the mats to a high contrast orange color. Hmm. So I found that that I got feedback that having the orange color pop was really helpful for people who are visually impaired and just really anybody. (laughs) Yeah, right. Again, the universal design and and that universal access, access for all is a term that I learned recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this kind of like access for all and thinking how people with disabilities, we often just look at accessibility and access as a checklist. Like, okay, you've got the ramp. Okay, you've got the the captioner. Okay, you've got this and that and this and that. And it's a series of checklists and you're like, okay, I'm done. That's it. We've checked off all the accessibility that we need. But we don't really realize that, you know, it's such an ebb and flow. And I really look forward to seeing how your product evolves given that that feedback from users that experience it to to make it better and always be mm-hmm. thinking about how to improve the product because that's something just in general with accessibility and how do we design products for everyone is you always have to be adaptive. So yeah, thinking about just universal access and the feedback and the high contrast. Um, the, yeah, orange is definitely super high contrast against gray. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. So that's awesome. Definitely. Nice. And we've done different color options as well. Like one time we had this nice blue color for the Velcro and people liked that. So that's something nice. that we I can foresee us custom orders for the colors would be really cool. And people can change it up too. Like let's say you have orange mixed in with blue and maybe it's your favorite team colors or has to do with just colors that you like and then you can mix and mash. So it'd be kind of fun to do something like that. I could almost see this. You're on the beach and you have the the pair of surfers and each team has a different color right. and it's you know laid out as that's their track mm-hmm. that they go down to get to the water. Um, that would be kind of fun. Oh, yeah. And then it would make it easier for people to see immediately, oh, those are my tracks versus that's somebody yeah. else's. Because that's been uh, one time that was an issue of, oh, wait, there were multiple people volunteering at an event one day and we were mixing and matching to kind of make the accessibility uh, really, really uh, good. And then we forgot, okay, wait, which one's yours? Which one's mine? So I had to refer back to, we have um, a batch number on the bottom right-hand corner of the panel. So I was able to figure it out from that. (laughs) Oh, that's smart. Yeah. To have that identifiable. Have you thought about any personalization aspects to it, like monograms and designs? Yeah. Logos. 
That's a great question. And I, a while back, was going to be involved in an event in San Diego where they needed a lot of pathway. And unfortunately, the event got canceled. But what it was was at the beach and they were going to have a lot of sponsors because it was a nonprofit putting it on. And I thought, well, what better way to help them be able to rent the pathway for the event than to offer the sponsors their logos on the mats Mm. so that they had high visibility and marketing and would be more willing, hopefully, to to sponsor that pathway. Nifty. Mm -hmm. That's cool. How much does each one of the squares weigh? So each square weighs about five pounds. So they're really pretty light. Yeah. And it always surprises people how durable they are because they are so thin. They're only an eighth Mm -hmm. of an inch thick. Each square. Yeah. Tiny. Right. But that allows them to stack very, very flat. So let's just say you have 10 of the mats and you've stacked the accordion fold if you have them connected in a straight line with those hinges. Mm. And say you fold them and stack them into one, you know, square, it's less than two inches thick. Wow. And 10 of them would weigh about 52 pounds or so. So for me, I prefer to carry about six or seven of them at at once. And we have a shoulder carrying strap system that you can hook up to the mats for easy carrying. Yeah. But that's, that's what I tell people like, oh, if you want to carry about five of them, it's about 25 pounds. If you want to carry 10 of them, it's about 50, 52. So they can decide themselves what they physically would like to be able to carry. That's awesome. Yeah. I love how you're always thinking about, you know, how can you make this easier for people, you know, the caregivers, or maybe it is the, you know, the person who's going to be laying it down is going to be carrying it. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that, you know, if it, it's so lightweight. Right. That's really nice. So tell me, what do you envision for your company? Like, what would be your ideal future for this? Lay it on me. Yeah, (laughs) I was actually just thinking about this question because I got asked the same thing. I won the FedEx Small Business Grant this year, which is incredible. I mean, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Amazing. Over 4,000 businesses applied. So I feel really, really special and honored to have that award. Um, but we have a conference coming up where the, the winners get to share about their businesses. And that was one of the questions of like, where do you see your business going in the future? And I really would like to see some more product diversification, you know, maybe developing three or four versions of the product to Mm -hmm. fit different people and different needs. And one of them that I've been kind of working on in the background is making smaller panels that somebody who happens to use a wheelchair would be able to fit on their lap so -hmm. that they could literally independently lay these out and potentially pick them up like that leapfrog effect with just Mm -hmm. a few panels so that if they were either in an emergency situation or just in general, they want to do it themselves, that they'd be able to do that. Um, So that's one of the, the new ideas. And besides that, I really just want to be a global leader in outdoor accessibility solutions and really just empowering people all over the world. So that's, that's a really huge dream of mine. 
make it happen. Yes. (laughs) Just manifest it. You know, I'm a big believer of manifesting and, you know, all that life coaching and personal development. And, you know, you you say you have your mantras and you Mm -hmm. have your, your affirmation statements every day and you just keep dreaming it and, and it, you will make it happen because you believe in it. It's not just words on paper. You actually in your core believe it. And, and through that, it just, it just transpires to everyone because you, other people feel that passion and that energy and, and why you're doing good. And so they want to be a part of the cause. It's, I don't know if you saw that, oh, this great YouTube video of th- there's a field of people and they're kind of just sitting having picnics. And this one dude is just dancing his heart out. And his energy and his vibe started triggering other people, you know, started like shaking their head and like, you know, mm-hmm. moving and wiggling out. And then it was just like this whole mosh fit that just started of. So all it takes <laughs> is one person to to create that movement. I think Margaret Mead also says that, you know, the power of one person can can change the world mm-hmm. and don't you ever forget it. I, I probably totally um, <laughs> said those words wrong, but something to that <laughs> to that point. What kind of help do you need to make this a reality? Ooh, I love that you asked that. Um, I think first and foremost, it's spreading a word about Mm -hmm. this solution that could help people and having people understand what the product is and what the brand means and see if it fits within their lifestyle. You know, are they looking for something like this that could help them have better access to camping or recreation or their yard and telling their friends and family about it. And then secondly, it's, I guess, helping with really giving feedback too, because I love hearing from people and what they like and even what they don't like. And is there something Mm -hmm. within my power to improve the company or the product or think about future products that could also help? Sure. That's important to to get that feedback from from users, especially in this kind of like pilot period in the early part of your business, because mm-hmm. you're still a young business, you know, right. two years. They say a lot of businesses go under within five years. And yeah. obviously we don't want that to happen here because you're working here to to break down those barriers and create that accessibility. I've I've helped out with a number of startups in like their pilot programs. And oh. one of them was like this ambassador program where for eight weeks they sent me the device and I would get paid by the social media posts oh. that I would promote. And that could be, you know, an opportunity to do um, or obviously if you don't have the finances to pay people to to promote. You know, as it was after the the eight weeks, the number of social posts that you did, and if it was like if it was a video versus a photo, you would get more or less money, mm-hmm. and and then you would provide feedback. So you have those initial users and those early right. adopters, and identifying people with you know in the disability community that have a lot of followers or have high impact can usually help spread the word pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then there was you know that referral program where. Uh, a lot of businesses do that kind of strategy where if you refer a friend and they purchase it, then you get you know ten percent off your next track or right. whatever the case may be. So there's a lot of ways to get creative on how to get access to those early adopters and, and needing that critical feedback to really make this a reality. 
and really elevate it. Uh, have yes. you thought about any of those ideas or do you have any in in the pipeline? Yeah, actually recently, I think it was in June or July, I had a couple, an interabled couple from Canada. They're called the Accessible Adventurers. They reached out oh, on cute. social media. Yeah. And they proposed pretty much that exact thing. They said, okay. hey, we've, we've been following you. We'd love to try your product. Um, is there any way that we could try it for a few weeks in exchange for spreading the word about your product? So mm-hmm. that exact type of thing occurred. And, you know, there was no gimmick. You know, they really did love it. And they ended up purchasing it. So that I think yeah. I absolutely would love to replicate because one, I just, if I could give this away to people for free, oh, I totally would. I mean, that's like my, (laughs) that's my OT brain and just like my personal, I just love helping people. I volunteer a lot, but I understand that to have a viable business um, that continues to go on past this five years, I need to think about what is sustainable and what drives a return on investment. So um, Mm -hmm. absolutely, I do believe that working with people in the disability community who have a a large reach and who historically have been able to communicate things with a large audience. I think that that would be wonderful to continue to partner with people and organizations like that who can help give access tracks a voice. Definitely. That's great. Oh, I'm so excited. This is (laughs) such a cool product. I love learning about adaptive equipment because there's so many new products that continue to just come out every year and the freedom and just how how limiting that the world currently is in the built environment and some of it is from humans creating that barrier but then you have mother nature right, right that has created its own barriers that you can't always fix so being creative is is crucial. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you? I think people who are on social media, they can find me on Instagram. Our handle is Beach Tracks SD, and that's tracks with an X. If people are looking for the website, it's accesstracksSD.com, and that's SD for San Diego. If people are wondering, what is that SD for? <laughs> when we were originally trying to buy the domain name Access Tracks for our website years ago, somebody else, I think, already owned that domain name. Um, and it is crazy. People will buy domain names and sit on them for years. And then when somebody comes along that's interested in it, all right, it's $20,000. What? <laughs> yeah. So I, I face the same thing with <laughs> so my my personal name. I wanted cardenwyckoff.com. Yeah. And it got a hold China has it. And oh, wow. <laughs> and I bought a domain broker and the domain broker is like, "Yeah, it'll be $10,000 to get this." And I'm like, "What? To get my That's ridiculous. Oh, wow. I'm not going to pay $10,000 to get a website with my name on it. I'll come up with something more creative." Right. <laughs> Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, yeah, selling domain names. I guess that's a <laughs> a lucrative <Yeah>. thing, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, cool. I will definitely post this out in the show notes, and really looking forward to just expanding the reach for access tracks. And I'm gonna hit up your 
your virtual website, your store <laughs> to, to get me some. That sounds awesome. So cool. So. Yeah. Send me a message because basically the way it works, if you're interested in ordering is on the website, it has all the information about the product specifications and the price. But when you click to add to cart, basically it redirects you to re- the request a quote page. Mm-hmm. Right now, because the product is very large, there is no integration for e-commerce that allows me to automatically calculate shipping for my customers. And so I really enjoy being able to talk to everybody individually to say, hey, I'm getting you the best shipping quote possible. So I personally find the quote through FedEx to give them the best pricing. And then we can customize the order that would best fit your needs. So it's a really high touch. Um, I'm the one that interacts with everybody. So I I hope that people do find that helpful in the process. But yeah, someday it will be as easy as I go online and I buy it. But right now it's, um, it's a little more of, hey, I'm here to help you. Here's your quote. And I provide that to you same day. Well, I think this is such a special product that you do need someone to kind of walk you through what, you, how many you're going to need in that right. ideal scenario. I mean, unless you were and in, in, in the future create this this journey walkthrough of like what is your ideal scenario, and it mm-hmm. auto tells you, right. you know, gives you recommendations on how many you need and. And, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. that would probably be later uh, down the line. But I, I I think businesses that have that personal touch really thrive much better than because the majority of the businesses that you buy in e-commerce, there's no connection with no. the business. You just click to add and yep. it delivers to your door and you're like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're using them for the products because that's what they're giving. But I mean, I, I like having the relationship with with who I'm buying things from and and what I'm buying um, yeah. because they can get, you can give more recommendations than what I would know. Yeah, I love to you know provide tips to people. Um, you know, and I'm an occupational therapist. I did end up graduating and get licensed, so okay. I like to be able to nice. talk with people if they have questions about certain things about how to use the product or that may be related to what they're going through. You know, so always always happy to talk to people, whether it's by you know via email or a phone a phone call. They can text, so um, I really enjoy that part connecting with my customers. Awesome. Well, there's little kitty again. <laughs> she's she's ready. <laughs> all right, Kelly, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And thank you for all that you're doing in the world to break down those barriers and providing accessibility, universal design. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carden. Thank you for having me and letting me kind of share my story and share about access tracks and our journey. And hopefully people will come check it out. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please rate and follow this podcast or text Carden at 470-588-1215 with comments and suggestions. Tune in next week for another disability topic.